I am so, so very glad today to have my dear friend, Brother William Riley here. And uh, Brother Riley, I told the church the other night about how far back our friendship goes and how much traveling we've done together. And we have, uh, I talked about our families loading up in that old station wagon and homemade, homemade uh, trailer we pulled behind that station wagon heading out across Monarch Pass and driving over to Salt Lake City, Utah. And, and uh, I talked about our family loading up in my Batmobile and driving to Corpus Christi. And, and uh, he... He reminded me the first time first time he preached away from home, he preached for me. And I was pastoring in Aransas Pass, Texas, where he now pastors. Our friendship goes goes way, way back. And uh, it's it's been a long term friendship. And um, we've traveled to Hawaii. Europe and um, Alaska yeah that's right first cruise I ever went on was Alaska got sick as a dog that's another story for another day but we had a great time in spite of all that the Newlishes went with us and uh, brother and sister Riley really are just like a brother and sister to us we regret that she's not able to be with us this weekend as well, but we love them, and, and uh, we had three girls, they had three girls, and you get our families together, and there was enough loose hair laying around to make a wig, I can promise you. Uh, we had a time, we always, always had a time together, Got a, we've done a lot of reminiscing one thing I've always known about this man is that he's always been there. In fact, I, I didn't say this to the church, but I have told a couple of people just recently in one of the darkest moments of my life. I was, um, I was about as low as I could get. And... Uh, Brother Riley, at the time, I think, was evangelizing or something. I know he wasn't, I know he didn't have a whole lot of anything, but he found out about what I was going through, and he called, and he said, Brother Riggin, you say the word, and I'll be there. And I knew he meant it. The scripture says that friend loveth at all times and I'm going to tell you I don't think there is a more apt description that I could give of this man he is a man of God he's a man that walks in the Holy Ghost he's a man that God's used mightily prayed many many people through to the Holy Ghost he's seen many miracles
But to me, even above that, he's been a true friend. And can I tell you, I've seen some men that were great preachers, men that have been used of God that did not prove to be true friends. But this man has. Brother Riley, we love you very, very much. And I'm so glad you agreed to be here. I want you to take your liberty. I want you to preach to us today. God bless you. Come. Well, let's give God all the thanks that today. Let's praise him before you're seated. Go ahead and amen, stretch out those arms to the heavens today. Amen. Lift up your heart with your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I glorify you, Jesus. Talk to our hearts today, God. God, we will be attuned, oh God, to your word. Deal with us, Lord, especially, Lord. God, make a way for us today. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise the Lamb of God, amen. Please be seated for just a moment. Amen. I'm so honored to be here behind this sacred desk and um, to be here with you and your pastor. I I know um, that I've got a certain amount of things to say and a few things I need to say, and the time is growing uh, late. It's my enemy today, but I've got um, I've got a little bragging to do myself, and that's just because I'm a Texan, man, and uh, I have 25 years. Um, is quite a milestone. It's not just a milestone. It has it has more to do with a concerted effort upon a man and his family and a church and a relationship they have with God to make something happen that's going to be everlasting. And this church is not here just to exist, but we are here to perform the will of God and be the visible church in this last day. We're living in those perilous times that we have heard so much about and from the scripture, from the preaching of the word of the Lord. And God sent you a man, and he sent you a woman, and he sent you a family 25 years ago uh, to continue on a work that had already been in the mind and the plan of God. And uh, we know that for a fact. It still exists. Most preachers uh, could uh, couldn't stay in a place 25 years and has had as much pressure from the enemy that this man has endured and this family has endured and this church has endured. But the church stood together with their pastor and they made something happen. They, made, they took the time to pray, seek God and heed the word of God, the preached word of God. And it's just... Um, it's phenomenal. It really is phenomenal because so many times it's just easier just to, you know, pull up stakes and do something different, try to find a, an easier route. And uh, I passed her in Aransas Pass, uh, Texas, down on the coast of Texas by Corpus Christi. And, and uh, we just got through um, going through a, a major 
uh, hurricane, and we were dead center, ground zero for Hurricane Harvey, and it come through and uh, flushed out a lot of stuff. It was a war zone. Back in 1970, there was the other major hurricane that hit Aransas Pass called Celia. And uh, I don't know, I wasn't there, but I was told that they had a pastor that was there at that time. And when Celia came in, that he loaded up his things in the car and he left town. They said the last thing they saw, that preacher was the taillights as he left town. He didn't come back, call back, didn't come back to try to help the people pick up the pieces. Now that's not a pastor. I said, that's not a pastor. We're not, we have no guarantee we're going to be protected from all storms. But God said, I'll ride with you. I'll be there. Sometimes you may perceive me to be asleep, but I know what's going on. Amen. And we can just get God to, amen, to move on our behalf. Everything's going to be all right. This pastor's here because they have endured storms. The church is here because you've endured storms. And I want to, I want to brag on you a little bit. Amen. I tell you how well done, amen, you have, have done this deed, and I have seen the church grow, and uh, not just numerically, but I've seen the church grow spiritually, and even the way that you, um, you have taken care of the ministers and your guests down below. I, I go all over the country. I preach all over the country, and, uh, you know, I've been served, and, and uh, there's just there's just nothing else that I can say that would have been top what you folks have done this week. And the way it was laid out, it was presented, and, and the, the service, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A don't do any better. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I had to hurry up and eat because they were already trying to take my plate and fork, shove some dessert in front of my face as if I looked like I need that. You've done so well. And we know it's an, an attributed to great leadership, but also takes people willing, willing to, to learn and to receive that. And so, um, you know, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for Brother and Sister Riggin. And he said a lot. Uh, we are, uh, you know, closest friends. We are uh, best of friends, been around each other for a long time. His parents uh, took me in. My parents had backslid, gotten out of the church when I was in high school. And uh, if there was ever a time that you could have, I could have turned and gone away, walked out, it would have been that time. But there was something down in my heart that, that uh, you know, was deeper than just needing my parents to be in church and to support me. I had a love for God early on. And uh, his parents were there. And so he, you know, being one of, there were three brothers, they just added me in as the fourth. And I'd go to, I call her Aunt Audrey. I'd go to Aunt Audrey's house. She was a short order cook, and she'd make something different from every one of the boys. And uh, they found out that I like cottage cheese and tomatoes. And uh, his dad, we called him Bokey, he'd say, he'd say, William, he said, you still like them cottage cheese and maters? I said, I still do. And they'd make sure they had what I liked. You know what, it was just, it was just a, a necessary port in the storm, that's what the Riggin house has been to us. And then we, as he said, we had our, our daughters and we all had girls and we could just sit here the rest of the, of the morning talking about our times together and, and the long hair and the, you know, that, that is, that is, there's no joke about that. It's, 
That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, I, I've, I've reached down and found a, a, you know, a hair hanging out of my sleeve. You know, I reach down, I pull that thing, and my right other leg just goes up like that. Wow. You know, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, you know, we're so thankful. Amen. For the miles we have traveled together, and we could sit here and tell about great times and going down to to Bible school and with them, and I did not go to TBC. They were there. I traveled down with them, traveled all night, and uh, so you could be in class in the morning. He let me hang out, and, and uh, Brother Prince was, one time we went down there, Brother Prince was, uh, had his little dorm up, up and downstairs, and they had the outgoing class, and we all got together with water buckets and water hoses, and he got him in his little courtyard, and he was giving this big sad sob story, going away, going to miss you, and then he gave the key, the word, and we doused them all with water. They were jumping over the fence, and you know, and and just on and on. There's just so many wonderful stories, and and that they allowed me to be a part of it, and uh, so as a young minister. Um, uh, trying to get my start, um, trying to start evangelizing, wasn't very successful at it. Um, you know, just, I mean, back in those times, I would have paid somebody to let me preach. I mean, I forget getting an offering. Uh, there was a guy in Electra, Texas, he says, he says, I want you to come. He was down at the Holiness Conference in Dallas, and he said, I want you to come and preach. I said, oh, I'd love to. He said, now I can't pay you. I said, don't matter. Don't matter. I'll be there. I'll drop an offering in. Just give me an opportunity. Well, that didn't happen. He didn't have me come. But it wasn't too long after that that Brother Riggin called me. Well, we went down to visit with them, and he got clearance from our pastor to have me preach. So I stood behind that sacred desk that this man labored in, and the first place I'd ever preached in away from the home church was Aransas Pass and that pulpit. Little did I know that many years later in 2000 that I would assume that pulpit as my own. And until Harvey took all the furniture out and all the rest of that, uh, I was able to save that. We cleaned it up. I've got it there in our prayer room now. But it's, it's a monument. It's something that's important to me. And, uh, and I, I wouldn't let anybody clean it, uh, d- deep clean it. Because you look at the varnish is, is wore off. And I told the church, I said, the oils from the men of God's hands as they've labored and the, and the sweat and the tears that's been cried over those Bibles and they're on that word, on that table, that sacred desk. It means a lot to me and I, I want to make sure that I carry this gospel. You know, I, I'm just a runner in this race. I've been handed a baton and there's going to come a day that my energy is going to run out and I'm not going to be able to carry that baton any further. Somebody's going to have to take over. If God tarries, going to have to take over the responsibilities of landmark there in Aransas Pass. And I pray that in the transition that I won't find somebody who's not, who's not careful, but that will take the time, even at my pace, that for a little while will run with me, not just 
stand there and expect me to hand it to them and they just run off, you know, leaving me in the dust. But for a period of time, will run with me and, and, and will get something from me and, and they will take that baton and the, or that torch, if you will, and carry it on until the Lord sees fit to come. We've got to get a church rapture ready. We're not in this, amen, for kudos. We're not in this for offerings. We're not in this to make a, a financial burden on anybody. We're here to get a church, a bride ready, amen, for the king of kings. He's coming. I said he's coming. Oh, I tell you, hearts are stirred. The Bible said men's hearts would fail them for fear. Amen. They're not just having heart attacks. There's so much fear in the hearts of men and women that I've watched people questioning their, their God and questioning the word of God and people's hearts are truly failing them in this hour. Fear seems to be uh, on everybody's table. I, I pray that the Holy Ghost would help us today and minister to us. We need God. We need God. We need God's help today. If we've ever needed him, we need him today. Praise God. Love you, Brother Riggin. Love you, Sister Riggin. I regret Sister Riley is not here today. She told me she was going to come. She says, I'm going to go with you to, to, to Kansas. And it shocked me to my Sunday school roots because she don't go anywhere. She, she, she told me when we got off the evangelistic field, she said, if you ever stop and build me a house, I'll never leave it. And she's been very true to their word. She's been true to her word. But she loves Sister Riggin. But we were some situations that had arisen. And uh, she runs our daycare. And she said, if I leave now, she said, there's no telling what's going to happen. And it was just a lot of, a lot of things going on. So... Uh, she regrets she cannot be here, but she, she so loved this church she sent me, her only begotten, loving husband. Oh, you've done better with her, I can tell you that right now. Brother Myers, you, first time to hear you. Hope it's not the last. Amazing, wonderful. I love it, I love it. Been around him now for a few days, and uh, you know, I, I, we knew each other previously <clears throat> from Colorado Springs, and uh, and I know his sister and his brother-in-law, you know, very well. But uh, I'm so glad that I got to sit in on that message, and and as you begin to skillfully plow and do the work of God, and I appreciate that. Amen. Amen. It's good to see. Amen. Well, I, I looked up and I don't see Amanda here today. Well, she slipped off the back, but. Oh, we love our girls, don't we? I, you know what? I hated the day some hairy-legged boy walked into our church. Well, I don't know if he had hair on his legs or not. He might have been a hairless chihuahua for all I know. But he came by and, you know, wanted to talk to me about, you know, I want to I wanna marry your daughter. And this particular boy married my oldest girl. You know, he is a black belt and karate, martial arts. He's done all kinds. He'd done all kinds of things. And I told him, I said, I'm going to tell you something, Rick. I said, I'm going to tell you something right now. I've heard about your exploits in the martial arts and all the things you've done. But I'm going to tell you something right now. If you ever lay a hand on my daughter, if you ever bring injury to that little girl of mine, 
I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to shoot you. And I didn't crack a smile like I just did right there. He looked at me with fear in his eyes. Oh, no, sir, no, sir, I promise I won't. Another guy asked him later on, he said, I heard Brother Riley's got another daughter. Won't you introduce me to her? He said, oh, no, oh, no. Uh-uh, not doing that. Uh-uh. You're on your own. Would you really shoot him? Mm-hmm. Oh, hear that, hear that. Uh, I have to constantly take Riley by the nap of the neck and get him in the altar. Because you don't want to see that ugly boy. That old flesh, get rise up. Well, so good to be with you. Good to be with the Burgesses. Amen. I love preachers, love their children. And uh, so, can I use the word proud? Brother Johnson, Papa Jay said, he said, I'm Oklahoma proud. Ain't nothing wrong with that, he said one time. I said, well, there's nothing wrong with Oklahoma proud. Sure ain't nothing wrong with Texas proud. <laughs> I'm Texas proud of you boys. You know, watch you grow up and. Your, your love for God and, and supporting your parents and appreciate you so much and your dad and your folks. Well, it's time to get the word of God. I'll be careful with your time. I know it's precious. and uh, But I have a burden on my heart today and uh, the burden of the word of the Lord and I prayed it would be on me. I'm going to ask you to stand with me today. Thank you for that. You know, we usually say the basket. That wasn't a basket. That was a truckload of stuff. I mean, I got everything from the cookies to the pretzels to the all the foods, the, the, the cinnamon rolls, <laughs> the baseball. I, I got drumsticks. There were cards and letters and, and uh, I mean, I, I just got, I, mean, I cleaned up. I cleaned up. That was awesome. That was awesome, and and I and I read every little note. I spend the time to write to take time with that and look at your names. And though I may not know some of you, but you put thought into that, and that means so much to me. That means so much. I appreciate that. I'm going to take you to the book of Proverbs today, chapter number nine. Oh God, help me today. Proverbs chapter number nine. <clears throat> I've got my daughter's, my youngest daughter, Kara, her father-in-law is there preaching for me. Brother Morgan, he's taking care of the service here this morning. And uh, I am, I, I feel comfortable, and yet I'm still could always, you know, thinking about home, praying that God will help us. And uh, God's been doing a great work. We baptized four Sunday night before I left to come here. Four brand new had them in home Bible studies, and uh, I got up Sunday morning. The Lord was there, and I just I just just preached the gospel, and uh, they all hit the altar. One of them got the Holy Ghost. The other one got the Holy Ghost coming up out of the water. His wife had previously got it. Amen. Oh, God's doing great things, great things, great things. I wanted God to do that this morning. You know what? I just feel like he wants to do that this morning. Fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to take your attention to Proverbs 9 and 13. And uh, please don't 
prejudice this message by what you think I'm going to preach. Give me a little time here, uh, and I'll, I'll try to flesh this out. Proverbs 9 and 13, a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing, for she, for she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Stolen waters are sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But this young man does not know that the dead are in her house and that her guests have found their way to the depths of hell or the grave. I pray God will help me today. Amen. I'm going to reach for Everybody this morning. Can I just say, there may be somebody in particular, but I think there's something here for all of us today. Jesus touches today. Will you let the man of God preach? Let's ask God to, amen, to let that word fall on us. Be hearers of the word. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I need your help today. God, I need your presence. Hallelujah. God, I need your touch. Oh, Savior, my soul. God, I'm trusting you, God. God, I believe you, Lord. I believe your word, oh, God. It's forever settled in heaven. Holy, 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 holy God. In the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, give you thanks for all you're going to do. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. God bless you today. We are in the book of Proverbs hearing the cry of wisdom. And if we are wise, or at least if we're smart, we're going to learn what wisdom has to offer us. Um, I, I, I tell the church all the time, I said wisdom is generally comes with age, but sometimes age just comes by itself. My pastor said, there ain't no fool like an old fool, and I don't want to be an old fool. Amen. I want wisdom. Amen. To talk to me, I want to hear what God has to say. And this passage today reveals to us uh, the rival of wisdom. Amen. The rival Amen, of understanding. And it is a great rival because she has so many in her clutches. This passage today, amen, has her standing on uh, the same highway as wisdom. But this, this, this uh, rival is bidding for the attention of the masses of the young people who are moving past her. And, uh, you know, all that is contrary to Jesus Christ is personified in this evil woman. 
praise God. And she lies in wait uh, for the unwary passengers. The Bible call them passengers, people that are passing by. Amen. Those who are not paying attention or those who are not ready to deal, amen, with her cunning. Amen. And this woman that the Bible depicts, this rival of wisdom, it has baited her barbed hook and she has baited it with the pleasures of sin. And she is dragging her victims down the steep incline, incline to hell. Amen. She is playing for keeps. This is not just a little board game that you'll play for a few hours and you fold it up and you go home in a little while. Amen. This, uh, this spirit that we are dealing with here today, amen, is playing for the souls of those that are on the highway. Amen. The way of this world. And I pray, amen, in Jesus' name this morning as I pace up and down, amen, that little RV behind this church, amen, that God will let the, the voice of wisdom somehow, amen, rise above the din, amen, of the, of the, the world's voices, amen. And I feel, I feel like that these foul spirits, amen, that have traversed, amen, our world today are not letting up, but they are ramping up their attempts uh, even to draw out the young uh, and this next generation of one God apostolics. Praise God. Even wisdom has singled out for us this morning. Amen. Uh, 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 one of the most foul spirits. Uh, amen. That attack and overwhelm and possess men and women today. Amen. amen. And she's going to use the pleasures of sin. Praise God, the pleasures of sin. It is a common a portrait. The snapshot that we have here in the book of Proverbs is a common, a common picture of the things that still go on in our day and in our churches. Praise God. The portrait that has been portrayed, amen, by our friend wisdom today is easily recognizable because we have seen it many times played out on the walls amen, of, 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 the, of the church of the living God and the hearts of people. As I stand here and I look across these pews in this very familiar building, I look for people who used to be here. I look for families that used to grace these altars. I look for the children that used to run up and down these aisles, but they're not here today. And you say, why? Where are they today? I'm here to preach. We cannot lose amen, one more soul. We cannot lose one more saint. We cannot lose one more young person. We cannot afford amen, to lose another marriage. Amen. We cannot afford amen, to let amen, Satan have his way in such a, a time as this. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. I'm concerned today about what I read as God set it on display for us because this portrait, this drama, amen, portrays a plague that is running rampant, amen, in our churches today. 
I am not a novice. Amen, I have not, amen, just stepped onto the scene. I am not somebody, amen, that stands here today never having experienced, amen, any of these tragedies. Amen, I have wept, amen, a lot of tears and felt a lot of anguish as your pastor when we stand between the living and the dead. And when we stand not only in this pulpit, but many hours in our offices, many hours coming up here after hours, amen, with somebody and pray with them only to see, amen, and find out, amen, that this rival of truth has sunk its hooks into their hearts and watched them being drugged, amen, out of the sanctuary, out of the safety, amen, of God's congregation. I'm here to tell you I'm on a mission today. I want to do all I can, amen, to destroy every effect of the enemy. I don't want to see this church decline. I want to see it prosper. I don't have a bad story to tell you today. I'm here to tell you that we've got something greater on our side. I said we've got the wisdom of God. We've got the power of God. We've got the anointing and God sent us a man amen to help facilitate amen his will in this hour. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. Make no mistake. Amen, that the world is shameless. Amen, in their attempts. They will use every immoral spirit, amen, that they have at their disposal to attack our young people. Oh, hallelujah, amen, oh, amen, every day that I live, amen, amen, as I walk through the crowded thoroughfares, amen, of our, of our city and our world, amen, I see, amen, so many people under the influence. I said they're under the influence, amen, of this clamorous woman. Amen, of this filthy spirit. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, I'm concerned today. Amen, oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. The other day, amen, a little while back, I was, I was at our, uh, our church and I was standing back uh, uh, on the parking lot and I was looking over it and what we were doing and praying that God would help me complete the mission, complete the job that had been given to me. And, uh, and I looked up and right over the tops of the trees uh, come a couple of buzzards, a couple of buzzards. And uh, I saw those, and I am not superstitious at all. But when I saw those big old ugly blackbirds and they started coming over the building and they started circling over our building. I thought, you know, something's dead. Something died here. What are, what are they looking for? I began to wonder, maybe there was some rabbit or some armadillo or some kind of, you know, a, a carcass laying out somewhere that I couldn't see. Amen. And I watched that. Amen. Those things began to circle our church. And then something rose up in me and I began to think, God, amen, God, don't let that be the church. Don't let that be a sign, amen, that something, amen, is dying in our church. Come on, I said something is dying. Come on, they've got an instinct to smell the carrion, and they flutter around above this earth, amen, waiting for the death of something. They'll wait 
patiently as something is letting its last breath even leave its body. They're looking for an opportunity. I'm telling you, I feel like even today there's a spirit in me today. Even I want to drive off every spirit. Does it concern you when you come to church and you see a soul sitting on a pew and you see the spirit even hovering over them? Does it even bother you when your children are sitting back on a pew and they're disconnected even from what God's trying to do and God is reaching and God is moving but you're saying you let you look up and there's an old filthy spirit even just waiting on death to come. I tell you what I'm going to do today. I look at those buzzers. I said get out of here. Get out of here. Don't come around this church. We ain't dying. I said God isn't going to leave us. There's got to be something rise up in you mama. There's got to be something rise up in you daddy. There's got to be something rise up in you say not here. You're not going to bring even that filthy spirit in here. Come on church. It can't just be your pastor. It can't just be your pastor's wife. But somebody's got to get the word. Stephen said not here devil. Not today. Not my babies. You'll sit back there while the saints are singing the praises of God and your mouth is closed and your hands are folded and the whole spirit just said, just a few more days, just a few more days, just a few more hours and I'll have this one. But something is in me today even to warn you, don't you listen to that clamorous woman. Don't you listen even to the enemy. Don't let that spirit light in your family. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Come on, let's lift our hands and talk to God. <laughs> When's the last time you saw sin creeping in the church and it brought tears to your eyes? I said, when's the last time, amen, you saw sin trying to get headway in your home, amen, and you got down and prayed about it? Come on, I can't help but notice uh, some things going on at the church that I pastor. And I tell you, I'm as stirred up uh, as I've ever been because while I'm baptizing, even somebody in Jesus' name, I got somebody else that's looking at the back door. I tell you what, I'm mad this morning. I said, I'm upset. I said, I can't sit here and hold my peace. Amen, see what I know this old filthy spirit has got in store for somebody's soul. You're not gonna be happy. You're not going to be satisfied. You're not going to walk out those doors and say, I had a better deal. I'm telling you, friend, the best day that you've ever spent was right here in God's house. The best moments uh, that you ever spent was down here at this altar, weeping your way through to Calvary. Oh, is it obvious to anybody? I said, is it obvious in this service even here today that there's an old spirit even that's circling somebody? I said, there's an old spirit even that's got its wings. It's catching, even that's catching that drift. It's catching, catching that, that, that current even of the winds of the world. I'm telling you, devil, you get out of here. Amen, in Jesus' name, I resist you. I resist that spirit that carnal spirit. 
Does the sight of sin upset you? Are we so callous? Amen. Does the sound of sin coming through the music, does it upset you? Amen. Does the sight of sin coming through your iPhone, does it upset you? Are we so callous? Can we not see even that vulture circling? Jesus, 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 Jesus. Where's he going to land? I said, when's he coming down? Is he going to land in your heart? Is he going to land in your home? Is he going to land on your teenager? Is he going to land on your wife, on your husband, your parents? Come on. Amen. He said, no, my parents, they've been in the church a long time. I've never seen a day when I've seen like now. Even even my, my secretary, who was an aged woman, but she left the church and went back with her children who were worldly. And next thing you know, they got her hair cut. And the next thing you know, they got her wearing pants. The next thing you know, amen, they got her completely amen, away from the church. She said, I want you to preach my funeral. What good will that do? I'm telling you, friend, we can't let up for one moment. I don't care if you're 80 years old. I said, I said, I don't care if you're 80 years old. There's a spirit of hell. Amen, that's not gonna quit. Amen, come on. Stolen waters are sweet. Come on. Amen, I've got something better for you. Amen, still reaching in. Praise God, hallelujah. Oh, my God. Amen, Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You may be seated. A foolish woman is clamorous. She's simple, knows nothing. The ESV says this woman called folly. Amen, is loud. She's seductive and she knows nothing. Amen, her only occupation is to call out to the simple. Calling out to those who pass by calling out that are going straight on their way. Praise God. Amen. She wants to, to turn them aside. She wants them to partake of what she calls stolen waters. She wants them, amen, to be like the multitudes of young people, amen, that are pouring out of their parents' homes, amen, when they've been trained, amen, in the virtues, amen, of the word of God, amen, starting out on life's path, amen, and with every intention on going right, amen, the young man didn't get up that morning and brush his teeth and put on his trousers and say, I think I'm going to go out and sin. He was right on his way. He was doing what even life dictated to him. But along the way, there was a voice that began to call out. Amen. Hey, turn aside. Come this way. Amen. Come to where I am. I got something good. Amen. And you're going to like what you've got. Enticed. Enticed. Turn aside. Amen. But oh, once he is entangled in her web. I said, once he is entangled in her web, amen, he is going to feel like he can never get out. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I don't want to take a long time, amen, with, with stories today, amen, but I myself, amen, was amen, raised with a young man in the home church, amen, and uh, this young man had felt the call to preach. This young man 
lived with his parents for a little while. I remember going to Brother Riggins' parents' house and this young man's name was Greg as well. And Greg, he man was a very um, handsome young man. He was a, a, a praying man. Brother Davis, when he built the new prayer room, Greg Clark was the first name on the register of going to the prayer room. When it, when it was time to shout, he would shout. When it was time to worship, he would worship. I said, when it's time, amen, to, to show up for a work day, he'd be there. He was faithful as you can imagine. And, and along with myself, we talked one day at your parents' house about our call of God. And I remember him saying, he said, I'm so disturbed, William. He said, about our young people in the church, how they seem so disconnected. And it seems like, amen, that they are going the wrong direction. And we agreed and we prayed, amen, there at your parents' house. He had a bedroom there at their house. They provided for him because his parents didn't live for God. Oh, you say that sounds like a great story. It was until one day there was a young lady, amen, a young girl, a, a real nice-looking girl, amen, come walking through the doors, amen, of the home church, and she parked over on the pew, and Greg turned and looked, and he saw her, and he couldn't keep his eyes off of her. Amen, next thing you know, they're talking to one another. Amen, they're visiting with one another. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't want to make a long story out of it, but I remember the past and he began to preach and began to say, hey, there's some things you don't need. He said, and my pastor, our pastor said, he said that was his downfall because the devil sent in a decoy, sent in somebody to church and she prayed and she talked in tongues, but she was a clamorous young woman. Her heart was not in the church. She had no, no need even for the things of God. She was in there for one thing. Even that was to get this handsome young man even off of God's pews. You hear what I'm going to say. And next thing you know, he's skipping church. Next thing you know, he's not in prayer meeting. Next thing you know, he's gone out the door. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, amen, you don't know how far sin is going to take you. I said, you don't know how far sin is going to take you. But he listened to the voice, the rival of truth, the rival of holiness. And he began out there to have a relationship with this young girl, and it didn't even last. But no matter, he got introduced to drugs. I said he got introduced. He went to a lot of things when he was out there. I watched him. He went as he come back to church. One service, he popped up. I remember he come to a youth meeting, and he was now modeling. I told you he was a handsome young man. He was modeling for the magazines that you see, uh, the, the catalogs, and you see people wearing the clothes, modeling that you see. He was one of those. He got a portfolio of all of his clothing. And it, amen, he was building up a reputation. Amen. But one thing led to another, and his drug addiction. Amen. And all this. Uh, amen. Next thing you know, amen, he's downtown. Amen. I said he's right downtown at the women's strip club. Uh, and he's stripping off his, I'm talking about a one God, apostolic, uh, Jesus name baptized. Uh, amen. A cold man, but he's there. Amen. Removing his clothing. Amen. Dancing before. Amen. The, the clamorous women. Well, there's still a chance he'll get back in. Is there? Do you think so? 
he showed up for church one more time. I remember somebody poking me on the arm and said, what? I said, turn around, look, look who's back there sitting back on the usher pew was a young man, long hair, sunglasses, in the church. Pupils dilated. From you, you know what I'm talking about. Who is that? That's Greg. Oh, no. Are you serious? I remember being among the crowd of the young people as we went back and we got around him and we began to pray and ask God. He meant to fill him with the Holy Ghost to renew him. Come on, Greg. Come on, give your heart. Get right with God. I can hear the pleas and the cries of the church. I'm going to tell you something. When people come around you and they start praying with you, don't shrug that off. The best sound you ever heard was a saint of God saying, come on back to God. Come on. And get your heart right. Even somebody with your hand on your shoulder and they're crying, the tears, even interceding for your soul. Even somebody says, I don't want anybody praying for me. You need to break that pride. I said, You need to break that pride and say, Somebody help me. Somebody pray me through to an experience. I need a change in my life. But Greg did not, even did not yield. He got up and shook us off. He parted the crowd. I still see it. And he walked through the door for the last time in the house of God, the last time in an apostolic church. We were having a holiness conference. Amen. We were having a church service. I'm sorry, wasn't holiness conference, but we was having a church service. Had an evangelist there. Amen. And I remember, even the elder casting devils out of a young girl by the name of Tina. Even after the service, even the Holy Ghost was powerful. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. A skinny little girl, but she was throwing men off of her. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. After the service is over, pastor and the evangelist went out to eat. And there's a hotel there on the loop in Dallas. And the elder went over there and took his evangelist to the restaurant. The restaurant in the parking lot of this hotel called the Spanish Inn. Spanish Trails Inn. And over there in that room was a backslidden call of God. Jesus name baptized. Holy Ghost filled young man that had wasted his life and he's over there and he picks up the phone and he calls his parents Baptist pastors just what happened and he says I mean I I want you to come or send somebody over to room number so and so he said I'm here and I'm fixing to take my life he said I've got a letter I slipped it under the VCR that's what he said He said, don't do it, Greg, don't do it. He hung up the phone and he began to overdose, amen, on his drug addiction. He took the drugs so much, amen, that they found him. He was turned inside out. He was all balled over. Amen, life was just barely there, and he went out into eternity. All the while, 500 feet or so, amen, from where this young man died in that room. Amen, my pastor was sitting there having a meal, 500 500 feet, amen, from safety, 500 feet from a man with the message, 500 feet, amen, from somebody who could have come and prayed with him. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Satan will cloud your mind. I said the world will destroy your reasoning ability. You say it won't happen to me. Amen. I went to the funeral with Brother Robert Davis. I rode with him. 
and they had the Baptist pastor preach the funeral. Best Baptist message I ever heard. I'm serious. He didn't put him anywhere. He just said, he told the story. And he said, I want to read an excerpt of that little letter he put there and that left for me in that hotel room. And he said these words, and it still haunts me today. He said, tell everybody everywhere you go, don't make the same mistakes that I did. He said, because I got caught in the devil's web and I couldn't get out. Do you hear me, young man? Do you hear me, young lady? Come on, you feel like, well, I've been offered a job and I'll go take that job. Don't you know it's gonna take you away from church? Don't you know, amen, you're gonna be missing prayer meetings? Don't you know, amen, the most important things in your life are now gonna have to be set on the side? You say, I'll survive. No, you won't. There's something that's vying, amen, for the most eternal thing about you and that is your soul. Enticed. Beware of being enticed. I said, Beware of being enticed. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody in this house. Amen. Come on. Amen. You say, Well, I'll be okay. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. You don't need to go anywhere. Amen. Amen. Any place where you'd be ashamed to take your pastor. You don't need to go any place where you'd be ashamed to take your parents. Come on. I said you need to go in the way of understanding. That's what, that's what wisdom said. He said forsake the foolish and live. Amen. Forsake the foolish and live. Go in the way of understanding. Oh, but he knows not that the dead are there. He know, doesn't know that her guests are in the depths of hell. Stolen waters are sweet. Who's telling you that? Think about where it's coming from. Stolen waters are sweet. Come on, enjoy this. But remember where that's coming from. Straight out of the mouth of this evil spirit. She can represent the devil, the world, or your flesh. But whatever form she takes on, you better know that evil spirit intends to drag you down to the pit of misery and finally into hell. Wisdom is crying out. Wisdom is on the other side of the street. Wisdom is saying, hey, amen. There in verse, he said, when this, this spirit says, come on, turn in hither. But wisdom said, amen, come on, eat the bread that I have. It's all right there in this chapter. Amen, drink the wine that I've mingled. Forsake the foolish and live. <laughs> and these two are pitted against each other. These rivals are vying for the possession of your soul. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. You gotta hate the one or you'll love the other or else you'll hold to the one, despise the other. But you can't serve two masters. You can't have two callings. You can't hear and heed two voices. You gotta choose between life and death. Do you understand the power that sin plays in the lives. You can be seated just another moment. And the 
the power of sin that it plays in the life of men and women. From the time of Adam to this present moment, the features that sin have impressed upon men and women are so evident, and yet we ignore it. We act like it won't happen to us. I'll tell you what we need today. The only thing that's going to help you avoid and evade the temptation, amen, of these things that are, uh, that are so poisonous, so perverted, so antichrist, Amen. The only way you're going to be able to yield and not yield to the cravings, amen, of pornography, the cravings, amen, of sin, the cravings, amen, of lust and covetousness, is that you're going to have to be full of the Holy Ghost. Come on. You've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. You've got to get full and have the cravings for the things of God. You gotta replace the cravings as everybody else. Hey man, come on, what are they wanting? They want another high. They want another drunk. They want to go out and have another party, have another, another fling, another relationship. Come on, you say, it won't happen to me. It may not happen to you, but what about your family? Somebody help me fight this spirit off today. As a child of God, you're still in your natural body. And that natural body's got its sinful appetite. And the only way you can overcome it, you have to starve it. You have to weaken the flesh by starving it of what it wants. Do you understand what the preacher's saying here today? You keep on feeding uh, that carnal mind. Uh, you keep feeding that carnal appetite and he's gonna gain strength. Uh, he's gonna overcome you. Hallelujah. Come on. Uh, come on. I said, amen, you gotta, you gotta starve it. You wouldn't even like the sin if the Satan didn't put some sweetener in it. But stolen waters are sweet. But the devil has learned, amen, how, amen, to just put enough sweetener in it to give you, amen, the sense that, hey, this tastes pretty good. I'm enjoying this. Stolen water is only sweet when it's in your mouth. But when it's in your belly, it'll be bitter and repulsive. Sin has its pleasure for seasons, but Satan plasters sin with a thin coat of pleasurable taste. And the deceived sinner will just take those delicacies and he'll lick all the sweetness off and say, see, this wasn't bad. See, this is good. I'm having a time of my life. But just wait, amen, until the sweetness wears off. Amen. Oh, God, help me today. Help me to preach this. 
Hallelujah. You say, oh, preacher, you, why are you preaching this at a conference like this, at a meeting like this? Because I feel like God laid it on my heart to preach it. I, 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 I have all kinds of, of things over the years uh, that I could have preached. But I, I got up yesterday and this morning, and all I could think about, amen, was, was preaching this message. Uh, amen. I woke up with it, amen, at four this morning. Uh, again, I paced up and down that trailer, and God is and there's something else. Amen. Maybe I'm missing it. But, amen. But God kept bringing me back. Come on. I've got to reach. Amen. This next generation. They need to know. Amen. That what your friend that used to sit beside you, what they're enjoying out there is not going to last. I cannot build a church by myself. This preacher cannot build a church by himself. We need, amen, to link arms. We need to fight this thing together <clears throat> and the deceiver comes and he tries his best to destroy the church if this building we have here today if we could put tables out just think about this if we removed all these pews and we filled it with tables on either side, only the middle aisle, and was open. And we would put these tables full from end to end and fill them with sweet, delectable treats. We would set the tables with candles and incense, and we would put every kind of delicious things that, that a child could dream of having. Everything that a kid desires to have, the candies and the, and the popcorns and, the, and all the things that a kid would rather eat than eat their meal. You know what I'm talking about. How many know what I'm talking about? And if we knew that all of the things we put out on that table was poison. And if a child swallowed even one little treat, that that child would perish. It would cause death. Coated with chocolates and coated with caramels and coated even with delicious sugary treats, but on the inside of every one of those desirable things was a deadly poison. And we would take a child, maybe one of these little girls right there beside you. Yeah, the one with the ponytail. What's your name, honey? What's her name? Rebecca. Rebecca, are you a bashful girl? Not at all. Not at all. Would you do something for me? Would you help Pastor? Riley? Would you help Brother Riley? Would you go back and stand right in the middle of that doorway, right there? If your mama wants to go with you, that's fine. Can you do that? Stand right in that doorway. Usher, help her. Just stand right there. All right. There you go. To turn around, look at me. All right. You're doing it so good. I'm so proud of you. Now, on every side of this church, 
What's your favorite? What's your favorite candy, Rebecca? She's got a bunch of them. Just name some. Skittles. You like you like popcorn. What you like? Parents, help me out. M and M's. Oh my! Are there M and M's over there? Okay, M and M's. I wish we had M and M's right now. We had M and M's and chocolate and all the things, everything she ever dreamed of. And now, I'm going to try to get Rebecca to come to me down that aisle. On every side, they're going to be people saying, "Come here, Rebecca. Come over here. Come take some of this. I've got, I've got, I got M and M's. I got fudge. I got, I got popcorn. Come on over here." And and as I try to get her down this aisle, every temptation, everything that appeals to her taste buds, everything that she would desire, it's all here. This room full of it. Everything she could ever want. Amen. But me, he been standing here. I've got a job to do. Somehow, I. I gotta get here from here, amen, to come all the way to this front and not reach over because I know she don't know it, but I know that beneath that coating of that M&M is a deadly poison, amen. I know that beneath, amen, that, that delicious chocolate, amen, is something that will destroy her, but she don't know that. She has no understanding. She didn't come to church, amen, to, to, to be poisoned and to die. Oh, she come, amen, to, to to come with her parents, but now she's got a decision to make. She can either hear my voice or she can hear the cry, amen, of, that, of the rival of wisdom. She can feel the temptation, amen, to come and to enjoy what she wants, amen, and as she begins to come, come on, uh, uh, Rebecca, I want you to just walk towards me real slowly. I keep coming, amen, come on, church, help me out, amen. You're gonna say, come on over here. Come on, oh, tell her, come on over, Rebecca. No, Rebecca. Rebecca, don't listen to them. Come to me, honey. Come on, come on, come on. Don't don't go that way. No, don't listen to them. You come on, come on to the preacher. Come on to the front. Amen. This is where you gotta go. Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen. Don't reach for that side. Don't reach for that candy. Come on. How? Amen. Do you think she's gonna respond? Every service that your pastor even stands here and you're sitting on those pews, he's not playing games. He's trying to keep you on the path and the enemy is trying even to persuade you. Get this bad spirit and even listen to that gossip. Even get mad at your brother or sister. And you sit there calmly while she is on the journey of her life. You sit there on the pew and act unconcerned while your pastor is weeping tears and is reaching and is preaching an altar call. Don't you understand that this is for her life? Oh, thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for coming and not listening to everybody on the other side. Thank you so much. Oh, you've done a good job. I'm telling you, every service, I said every time you come to church, the enemy's over said, 
Come on, come on, come off the path. Come on, when I got stolen waters are sweet. You don't need to listen to that man of God. I'm here to rebuke a spirit. I'm here to bind a spirit. I'm here, amen, to do exploits in the Holy Ghost, spiritual warfare. I'm here to pull down a stronghold today. Come on, honey, don't touch that. Come on, touch not the unclean thing. Come out from among them and be separate. You say, but I want to do that. My flesh wants to do that. But your pastor spent 25 years and said, come out from among them. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. But you got this voracious appetite for sweets. And you stroll through the house of God, sampling every spiritual wicked thing before you get here. And the man of God is reaching for you. Oh, God. If you watch people sit on these pews like we watched, and you listen to that man of God just almost beg you to come to God. And yet you sit there with eyes unstained with tears and with infantile thoughtlessness that sin-craving heart of yours chooses to ignore the warnings of the word of God and you reach out for the very thing that's going to destroy you. You need to develop a new taste. You need a new nature. Come on. I said, you need to develop new tastes for a new nature. Jesus said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. <laughs> How many tasted of the goodness of the Lord? Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? Amen. When that woman calls out to you and says, hey, amen, come on. Come over to this church. Come over here. You can do what you want. Stolen waters are sweet. Oh, my God. Can anybody hear the voice of wisdom and say, no, you stay on the path. No, you stay on the path. Don't you turn aside. Amen. Don't you listen to the voices. Lift our hands and love the Lord. I'm going to try to close this. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matter of fact, why don't we all just stand today? Taking the word of God this morning and try to point out to us, amen, how the word rebukes sin. Sin doesn't have to prevail in your life. I've taken a lot of lessons from the word of God and because I've learned and I've heeded, Satan was not able to use its leverage against me to pry me out and pry the consciousness of God out of my heart. Now this morning, I'm just a mouthpiece.
But the Spirit of God is the one that makes a man or a woman alive. And if we escape these corruptions through the God's mercy, we will be so grateful on that day when he comes to deliver us all that we stayed on the path. There are young and inexperienced people that do not know. And they're in the heat of the battle and they don't know what to do. This church has got to be sometimes a dissenting voice to the things, the voice of the world. We cannot afford to be worldly and carnal. Let this man preach to you. You see, he gets so ramped up and excited. How would you expect him to act to try to get somebody down this altar? The people have sunk to new lows. And they've gone out and they've prostituted the truth. They've walked away from the things of God. They're still going to church. But everything they always said they believed, they've just flushed down the toilet. And they're not. They don't care about it because what we've got, sweet, stolen waters are sweet. Sin is sweet. But it also induces a sleep upon those that partake of it. I've watched people go to sleep in an apostolic church. I'm not talking about a physical sleep because you've been up working all night. But lose their salvation right there on a one God Pentecostal pew. I am not here this morning to pastor you. I am not here this morning to condemn you. I told the church at home, I said, amen, condemnation, amen, when you condemn a house, that means it's to be torn down. There's no hope of rebuilding. But I want to preach conviction. I'm not here to condemn you. There is therefore now no condemnation, amen. That's what the book says. Those that are in Christ. I pray today that Christ is in us. But people go to sleep on the pew. You say, why? Because they've taken the, their, the, the drug overdose, if you will, amen, of sin. And they've allowed these things to creep in their heart. I live on the coast, and, but I have, a, I have a cousin that works for, well, he just retired. But he worked for the sheriff's department here in, in Arkansas. And uh, his job in the sheriff's department was he would, he was involved in diving and doing water rescues and recovering. Whether it was an artifact, whether it was a gun or a body. If it was a body that was in the river or in the lake there, uh, people, you know, they drown and so somebody has to go in and try to find them. And so he was trained and he would train other officers how to dive and how to look for those. There's a, there's a technique and it's been around for a long time. 
They even use it out in the sea if, if there's a chance of recovering somebody. And if a man has fallen into the water and, 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 or a person and they have sunk down into the depths, they, they don't die right away. There's still a chance of recovery. And when a man or a woman falls into and they, in the water and they sink, it's not long before they become unconscious. They're drowning. And they get locked up in that, that deep. And, and from the accounts that I have read, that they just feel like they're going to sleep. There's the, the burning and all the rest of that in the lungs struggling for air, but eventually they just succumb to the deep and they settle to the bottom. I read an account where some people were on a, on a boat and somebody went overboard and could not swim. And, and they, they waited for the person to come back to the top and he didn't come up. So they circled the boat and began to look see if they could find that person. The water was clear enough. They felt like they could see it. And sure enough, they were able to see this person down deeper in the water. So the friends that were on the boat, they said, what can we do? How can we rescue them? The person is not even struggling to swim. And they've, they've just drifted all the way to the, to the sea floor. They began to make preparations. They wanted to rescue this person. But from the top of the water, it looked totally impossible because nobody there on that particular boat knew how to dive that deep and they didn't know what they were going to do. What would you do? Somebody said, throw out a life ring. Well, what good is that going to do? He's on the bottom and that will only float on the top. So a life ring would be futile because he's not going to come to the top again. But we need to try to bring him to the top so there there is a device you have probably heard the term that they dredge the lake that they dredge the river there is a device and it's on a lot of ships and it's called a creeper it's a it's a metal device it's some look like a triangle I've seen pictures of them some are rectangular but fastened to the bottom of that device are multiple large treble hooks. Hooks like you go fishing with, but they have several hooks on it hanging from the bottom of this device. And a rope would be attached to one end of it. And they will drop it in the water and it'll go down to the bottom. And then the, the boat, they will begin to pull it, hoping to snag whatever the body that's down at the bottom of the water. In this particular instance, their friend, was, they didn't know if he was alive or dead, but they, somebody said, well, this boat is equipped with the creeper. And they, they circled the boat till they got in position and they threw that creeper over the side and began to draw that, hoping to snag that friend of theirs. That creeper's got this crooked metal teeth. It's a grappling device made 
in hopes that they could draw somebody out of the depths. And, and the drowning man laying there on the bottom, suddenly that device begins to sweep over the top of his body. And you know what's next. Those things begin to pierce his skin. He's gone into a sleep. He's not moving. He's now yielded to the inevitable. I can't swim. I'm drowning. I'm sleeping. I'm dying. And all of a sudden, something moves closer. And all of a sudden, a sharp pain begins to pierce his body. Something tugs at his shirt. Something amen, scrapes his face. Something pierces his arm. Next thing you know, there's a tug and a pull. And there on the bottom of that ocean floor, even all of a sudden, the people on the top said, we've got him, we've got him. Somebody help me pull. And the people, even up on the top uh, top of the water, begin to pull that rope, uh, begin to drag him up. And that man who is now clinging, uh, even are being clung to, uh, even by this device, uh, even is being hauled, uh, even closer to the surface. Uh, When they finally get him into the boat, uh, they begin to see, CPR. Amen. Next thing you know, amen, he's coughing and he's sputtering and water's coming out of his mouth and his nose. Amen. I'm saying, amen, he's alive. He's alive. I'm so glad that we did whatever it took. Amen. The man on the bottom said, oh, he goes, no, don't do that, preacher. Don't, you're hurting me. You're preaching too hard. Don't you know, amen, that we're not here to play games. This is a life and death situation. If we don't drag you, amen, out of that sin today, it could be your last opportunity. I'm here to preach to somebody that you're beneath the sea of life and you're sunk and you feel, even today, something unseen. Even the current of the world has tugged you down and you say, preacher, there's no hope for me. You don't know how far I've been, but I'm here to tell you, amen, that life is still in you today and this church is here. I need somebody to help me pull. I need somebody to take this rope. I need somebody even to help me. Somebody help with CPR. We've got a job to do. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house and he's moving on you. And if that's you, come on backslider. Amen, come on lukewarm. You say, well, I'm not backslidden, but you're barely there. But I'm throwing out, amen, a device. I'm gonna preach the word. You say, hey, that hurts, preacher. Preacher, amen, I don't want somebody, amen, to think I'm not where I need to be. You need to just yield to the word of God today. Come on, come on, amen, come on. God's gonna help you, amen, don't be lost, amen, in the sea today of sin. Amen, somebody, amen, do the work of God. Somebody is slumbering on the bottom today. Somebody has listened, amen, to a voice, and you say, well, I don't think, amen, I can do anything about my life. But God's put a pastor. He's put you in a church. And he's given us the device. And we're here to pull you out. Somebody help me pray. 
Somebody help me pray. Don't look around. I don't make it hard for somebody. I don't need spectators. I said, I need our, we're on a rescue mission today. I said, I don't need people on vacation. I need somebody that'll help the preacher, somebody that'll help the man of God. Many times you showed up in this church, amen, and we have thrown down those sharp instruments of God in your direction, and they raked, amen, over your soul, and you squirmed out of it. But I'm here to tell you, yeah. Yield, yield to the voice of God. Yield, amen, to the, to, the, to the word of God today. If it wasn't so serious, maybe I'd be more gentle. But right now, we just got to get you out of there. Right now, we got to get you out of that depression. Right now, we got to get you out of that mode where you feel like you're going to take your life. You feel like committed suicide. Right now, we got to get you out. Amen. Of the devil's clutches. Right now, and we're here to cut you out of the devil's web. Right now, amen. We're here, amen, in a spirit of prayer to help some young person. Amen. That's saying it's got such a tug. Amen. From the world. Amen. Come on. Don't resist God. Resist the enemy. Oh, my God. My God. My God, I want to draw somebody out of the depths. Amen, I want to draw somebody. Come on, don't find fault. Amen, with this instrument called the Word today. It's found and rescued millions of people. It even rescued me. I'm here to tell you, it works. Let the Word of God have its way with you. Let conviction come. Oh, Come on, church, you that are full of the Holy Ghost, you that have the Holy Ghost, if you see somebody and they're laying on the bottom this morning or they're going through a struggle, it would be completely appropriate for you to walk over there and put your hand on the shoulder and pray with them. I said it'd be completely appropriate even to pray with them. Come on, somebody help me pull. Amen. That woman is saying, come on. Stolen waters are sweet. Come across the street. Come over here. But you don't know, amen, that her guests are in hell. Somebody needs to pray through. Somebody needs a victory. Somebody needs the Holy Ghost. Do you need the Holy Ghost? Don't you know, even today, even without the Spirit of Christ, you're none of His. You need the Holy Ghost. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and you need the Holy Ghost. I'm talking also to somebody that's been baptized, but you're drifting. You're not even struggling against the current anymore. There was a day you fought against the tide. But you haven't been fighting that for a while. You say, what's the use? What's the use? But there's a church. There's a ship of Zion. And God's given us everything we need. Come on home. Come on! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank God, help is on the way. Come on, help is on the way.
don't even have the power to cry for help. Thank God God's here even when you can't cry. He's here to help you. I'm raking the bottom with everything I've got. I said I'm dragging even this old deep lake even with every instrument I've got. I said I'm reaching for every soul even that I can. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Oh, my God. My God, my God. Come on, yield. Come on, yield. Do you feel the tug? I said, come on. You'll feel you'll be against the current of this world. But God's trying to bring you out. Yield to it. Yield to it in Jesus' name. Yield to it in Jesus' name. Yield to God. Yield to God. Come on, sisters, help me pray. Come on, sisters, help me pray. Oh, we need the prayers. Some mothers of Zion. We need some prayers. Even of some young prayer warriors. Somebody's laying on the bottom. Somebody is going down for the last time. Somebody is being tempted to go across the aisle. Somebody's being tempted to cross the street.